Another offering from the Stand Up Talk Radio Network. This is a horrible idea. You're listening to You're listening to Unlicensed. 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 Unlicensed Therapy with Ari Mendes. Ari Mendes. Have you ever promoted anything as hard as you promoted this new album? No, but the truth is this. I guess when I really had something to promote, um, this big, for me at least, there wasn't Twitter, Instagram, you know what I mean? Like, I wasn't doing that for that stuff back then, so... Um, no, I've never promoted anything. Now, I've noticed a lot of people have been sharing your album. You've been getting a lot of support uh, from All Things Comedy, your fellow comedian. The comedy store, fellow comedy comedians. Store. Um, Does that I, make you feel pretty good? Yeah, man, that, that does feel good. It's nice to know your peers are there to help. And, uh, you know, also my Crab Feast fans are ridiculous. Like, That's great. Is that just some backfire? Or some gum fire. <laughs> Either way, it was some kind of fire out there, Ari. Um, but they've been awesome, man. They've full-on gone and, and supported. And, and the best thing about them, too, is they don't just leave a, a five-star review like, this is funny. They will shit on you in it. You know, <laughs> they'll put they'll put a little touch on it to let you know. That Track number three sucks cra- big. <laughs> yeah, that they're a crab feast, man. Yeah, there's a special little touch. Is there anyone who didn't share it, and you're like, "Huh, I was thinking they would share." Yeah, it. we won't keep that. I'll <laughs> tell you what. I'll, let me let me tell it to you this way: that list is a lot longer than the ones really that, a lot longer than the. Ones and you keep did. track of it because you're psycho. I got a li- Not only that, yeah. I, you've been on my show. Oh right, you've been on my show, so I'll remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. remember that. Yeah. Wow. But you focus on the positive. Like, right. I'm super stoked that. It got to number one. Right now, while we're doing this, I don't know when this will come out. That might be different. But while this'll we're doing this, will push it to number 0. 0.5. <laughs> while we're doing this, it's number one on the uh, iTunes. You don't even need charts. this. This is just bonus pod. Yeah, you know what? Let me get out of here. <laughs> I'm no. gonna hit 65 on all albums. I was telling you, so I didn't know that. My label hit me up last night. It's pretty that, insane. That, awesome. I feels great, man. It's You're probably awesome. gonna be a millionaire if I were to guess. I mean, well, you already are, but I'm not a millionaire. I know. But I thought about it the other day. What's your net worth? Well, if you look at that online, it's it's a I'd love to be what it's worth online. Uh but I don't know what my net worth is. I have to sit and figure it out. I think I'm doing pretty I think I'm doing good for my is life age insurance policy count? as a comedian. Uh no. Dude, no. you are. I'm telling you right now. This wasn't me at twenty nine. I think I'm not doing good for the average twenty nine year old in the world or in the United States, but the average twenty nine year old comedian? Yeah. I'm doing that, good. You're doing really I, good. I'm not in any debt. That's, I mean, that. first of all, that's better than any fuck comedian. That's person in this world. I'm no debt. I own my car cash, 2008 Prius. I'm a renter. Well, in so this I don't city, own a house. I think in this city that's smart. I'm not a homeowner. Honest. Yeah, I can't afford that. And uh, You have a life insurance policy? No life insurance. But that's good. So, I mean, I probably have. You don't need it. There's if I died right now. I think my parents would get twenty plus thousand dollars worth of stuff. Stuff, by the way, like my car, <laughs> yeah, car money, stuff. a few thousand dollars in money. Not a lot of money. <laughs> Just talking my savings account, maybe five k. What, what do we end yeah. up with? Yeah, twenty thousand. Yeah, twenty about twenty thousand. They'd have to work a little for it. They'd have to sell some stuff. But twenty thousand, I'd leave them a little something. Get some nice stuff. There's some money in this this little studio. Yeah, there's thousand dollars worth yeah. of stuff in the studio yeah. right here. It's. I need to get a bigger lock for it. Actually, someone could easily break into this. That's how I got in. I'm actually not. Wasn't supposed to use this space, and then my landlord died. And in that fumbling time of when they're figuring out who's taking it over, I'm just. I'm gonna take. I took over the space, and when they asked about it, I'd be like, "Oh yeah, I've been using this the whole Have time." Have they ever asked? No. Yeah. But I'm. I'm just gonna play it down. Yeah, this is great. You did a good job in here. You did a really good right. job. Thank you. So what uh, you did a lot of promotion today, a lot. And I've been doing a lot of promotion. Have you had any time, time to nap? 
No. No I nap. Haven't. Do you take naps? I wish I could master the art of the nap. I do not take naps. They're they're Maybe I can count on one hand a year if I lay down for 30 minutes or an hour or something like that, but I don't nap. Um, and I don't sleep a lot. I mean, especially when you have a kid. Like last night, my daughter didn't feel good. So we were up at 1230 and then we were up at 145 and we were up until 230. And then I got to get up at 545. And then she's miserable because she didn't sleep either. She's super tired today at school, but you know, it's school's problem now. You know, and it's preschool. You don't don't need to be, (laughs) you don't need to be president of preschool. Yeah. The teacher wants you to sleep in preschool. Yeah. Go take a nap. Sure. Do your thing. What, um, why did you decide to do an album as opposed to a special? Well, I wasn't really getting a special. (laughs) Uh, and on top of that, just being in this world of podcasting, there are a lot of audio files out there. And I, I think people are sleeping on albums a little bit in the comedy world. Yeah. Um, because all those people, you guys that listen here, um, you don't have to sit and watch right here, you know? So that podcast audience is who i wanted to give that yeah, to that's you your know? and those are the people well that are are absolutely making a difference on this album um everywhere it is so my first time ever hosting a stand-up comedy show you were on it was i yeah where was it it was uh ice house comedy juice probably in 2012 i moved to la new comic from where where are you from i'm from san diego but i moved here from college uc santa cruz okay and i done comedy maybe three or four times there brand new i didn't know how anything works so i'm like i'm ready to move to la i did good three or four times i'm the best comedian there is so i moved to la <laughs> that was all it took that's all it took for me i just didn't know it wasn't like i didn't have the thing where i'm like i know most people start in smaller cities not me i'm better it wasn't like that i just thought you moved to la but in your defense there is nothing to know like you realize that now there's no it's not like you can start go to medical school for eight years do all these things and boom you're a doctor there is no definitive way true to become or maintain and stay a fucking you're 100 percent true but that being said, if someone were to say, hey, I'm thinking about doing comedy, I live in Milwaukee, I'd be like, cool, stay in Milwaukee and do comedy for a year. I would absolutely agree with that. But I didn't know that. So yeah. I'm just like, I'm moving. I did so. probably five shows. Okay, so you did the same thing. Well, some weird life shit happened with deaths and things. So I started at 20. Wait, who, who died? My dad died when I was 16. My mom was gone long before that. Uh, we moved in with my dad's mom. She died. Your grandma. My grandma. Why didn't you call your grandma? Well, I just wanted to be clear which grandma <laughs> yeah, okay. it was because I had two. Um, and then she died. And then um, I just had to put myself through school and life and everything else. So I did about five shows when I was 20. And I didn't do stand-up again until 27. Okay. Well, I was about 27, I think. Um, and where was this? Where are you from again? Baltimore originally. Baltimore, and, right. and you know what's really cool actually is I just went back there to do some shows. And it feels good to sell out your home show and have to add a show. And um, the hotel they put me up in was next to the club where I very first did stand up. And this, these shows I was able to get um, the album to those shows and make it album release shows where – people in baltimore got it before anybody else in the world was able to get it because it dropped on the 20th um and i was stoked to be able to do that and um i forgot what i was saying (laughs) we smoked weed before this preface but But you were saying that you did comedy five times at that place at that so my hotel was right above this so i walked into that place and it's an italian restaurant now not the same you know um but I, I, it was really cool to actually, I was 20 at the time, I'm 45 now, to walk up that little alley, and because it's a walk street, it's a cobblestone little mm-hmm. little street with a handful of bars and stuff. And um, Sounds quaint. It is, it is very quaint. Mm-hmm. And uh, I walked up and just, I guess I don't allow myself, maybe we'll get into this in therapy, I don't allow myself to feel good about myself enough, you know what I mean, like... Now, when you say you don't allow yourself to feel good enough, do you mean because you're always 
appreciate myself enough maybe is a it, and do you think that's it. always because you're on to the next thing you're like okay well now i need to do this or do yes. you think yeah and it's also because i've been on my own since i was 16 my dad like i said my mom had split my dad died we were living with him he was a how did he die man. uh well they said heart attack back then but through the health problems i've had and everything we've come to realize it was actually probably a blood clot Oh, damn. Uh, but the medical world today, he died in 89. They're right. saying that a lot of times back then, they just didn't know if how you to died under it. 40, you, yeah. it was heart attack. you know. And now they're realizing that a lot of that even was... Blood problem. Yeah, clot. Um, so I, I felt good to walk up that, that alleyway. And, and I said to myself, like, what a good decision it was to walk in this fucking door that night. Like, what a good... De- look where it is. Yeah, yeah so I'm, I moved to L.A., Having done comedy three times, and I interned at Laugh Stub. Oh yeah, I didn't have a job. I lived in my aunt's garage, I so I didn't need. I didn't really need money, or at least I wasn't thinking about money. I'm like, I'm just gonna do stand up every day, and see where I could work. So I interned at Warner Brother Records, actually, and Laugh Stub. And are these paid internships? No, unpaid. So how are you for free? I'm living you? in my aunt's garage, so I don't have an for you no know income. I have no zero, income. I have like, zero. I ha- think I had around two thousand five hundred dollars in my bank account. <laughs> yeah, and which isn't a lot, but it's actually like for for being twenty two right out of college. I was like, that's a little. I chunk. came with five. Yeah, thinking five k. Thinking that was yeah. fifty thousand dollars. That shit was gone so fast. Oh yeah, city, so you're like, fast. Oh, I got towed. You know, all yeah, that exactly. Ticket. Yeah, first week I think I got five hundred dollars in parking yeah, tickets. Exactly. So, but yeah, I didn't have to pay rent. I was able. She let me raid her fridge. I overstayed my welcome a bit. I think she expected me to be in there a few months. I was in there, I think, closer to six, seven months <laughs> in her garage. <laughs> Here you come full circle to a garage. Yeah, How and now I'm in a garage now. So I in, was interning for free, not caring about money, just trying to figure out how everything worked. And are you doing comedy people. at night? And I'm doing comedy every night, open mics, wherever I can go. And so I'm, I'm working at this desk. And every Wednesday at that time, it's not like this anymore, but Comedy Juice was the dopest show in L.A. Absolutely. Uh, Wednesday at the Improv, every comedian was there. Whether you're on the show or not, you're going to the Improv and you're supporting Comedy Juice. Paul McCartney was coming. Yeah. Sir Paul McCartney. Sir Paul McCartney. The lineups were like... Dane Cook, of course, but Daniel Tosh would drop oh. in. And then, they, and then once it started getting packed, everybody would text that who was there, and then the, then the big yeah. name comedians would start showing up just to get on because they wanted that audience to work. Right. So it was just that everybody. Everyone. It wasn't Chris. I feel like I was on a comedy juice one time with Chris Rock, David Spade, Dane Cook, Delia, me. I feel like that was yeah. a comedy juice. It probably line. was. That it was, was the line. It was insane. It was it, insane. It was like the closest thing I could pointed to is like the comedy store is right now yes. on certain nights yes. and it was just fire and so i was there every wednesday and i you know i wasn't aggressive but i just saratella knew my face he was the booker of comedy juice at that time and he came into the laugh stop well, that's how i got to know you yeah you have a recognizable face <laughs> is that a good thing or a it's bad a good thing? thing it's a good thing would you say it's uh hideous or super handsome and cute well, i would go somewhere in the middle of of that but more on the handsome, cute Thank you. than, Thank than, you. That's than what the I hideous. Want. I was I mean, hideous is very harsh. I mean, I think I'm an LA six. <laughs> Normal town seven. I think if I was in if I was in Baltimore, I'd be seven. You're Baltimore seven. Yeah, Baltimore seven. Yeah, but LA, I'm I'm a six. Yeah, maybe if I got if I gotten, I think the only way to become an LA seven is I'd have to get shredded. I'd have to diet and exercise and go to a tanning salon. Yeah, don't tan. No, I'm not going to do that. But no. that's what I'd have to do you if would. I wanted to get to a seven. If I become a movie star, which clearly is going to happen, uh, then I'll try and become an LA seven. All right. So I was at Comedy Juice. He knew my face. Then he saw me at the Laugh Stub office. And I was like, hey, you're... Saratella. Saratella, because we didn't know each great other. Great dude, Mark Saratella. Yeah, great dude. And he just saw me and he goes, you're a comedian, right? And I said, oh, yeah, I, I go to Juice every Wednesday and hang out. And he goes... Uh, do you want to host at the Ice House? Hadn't seen me. Just saw that I was grinding, whatever, interning for free at that company. And I was, yeah. I was like, yeah, of course. And even though hosting at the Ice House, you know, isn't a big deal at that in that moment, I was like, holy shit. It's I happening. Mean, yeah, but it is yeah. a big deal. Because 
like when you go back and you look back on it, like every one of those steps mattered. Right. And, you know, you're not getting to the top of a ladder without taking those bottom steps. Right. And you don't feel that at the time, but when you look back, when you look down, yeah, you're like, holy shit. That, yeah. That fifth one right there was really fucking important. Yeah. And no, but I, at this time I did feel it. Like I was, I was like, and oh my shows gosh. Were just, they were packed. The, yeah. The ice shows were great too. At the, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember just being insanely nervous because I was doing eight minutes hosting a show I've never hosted before. I don't remember if I lied to him and told him I've hosted before. I can't remember, <laughs> but, but I'd never done it before. I remember the night of the show, I did like four open mics before it to get ready and it was uh you matt fultron yeah full chart adam ray and i forget who else i think saratella and i forget who else and i remember uh the only thing i remember that night i did pretty good you know considering you know i wasn't good but the audience liked me i did fine and i remember fucking up matt's name What'd you call and him? Do you remember what you said? I don't remember what I called him, but I remember just feeling terrible about it for like a week because <laughs> it was my first time hosting. And even though he didn't give a shit, looking back, he was he was like, "I don't care, man." But in that moment, I was like, "Oh my god, I fucked up." I fucked up Gary Owen's name one time. Called him Greg Owen, and he went up and just shit on. It was the f- like I love that. You know, <laughs> he shit on me for like three minutes about messing his name up, and it was just the funniest fucking shit. If you can make it funny, it's good. Yeah. It, now, if someone messes up my name, if it's not a major fuck up, you know what I do? I just pretend like that's my name for my set. You know what I mean? I just don't address it. I just do my set because I've, too many times someone will be like, it's actually um, Ari Manis. And then the crowd's like, what? Do your joke. Be funny. I had yeah. a dude. I can't remember who it was. Comedian, I feel like, or someone in our community hit me up. But hit me up with a full charge joke. So I responded the way the joke goes. And then he hit me back again. And I was like, hey, you got the right like show, but wrong right person. You're calling me Ryan, <laughs> but you're quoting full charge jokes. And he <laughs> thought I was being a dick. And he got so confused by the whole thing. And I go, listen, what I'm trying to tell you is <laughs> I am Ryan Sickler. You're telling me you like my jokes, but the jokes you're telling me are, are Matt Fulcheron jokes. And he's like, oh, okay, man. And then I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> he's probably just stoner or something. So right now you're probably at a pretty big high. Your your podcast is ending. You're starting a new podcast. You got an album that's number one on iTunes Comedy. Life's pretty good, I imagine. You but know. What are, how are you it, feeling? It, it's I feel... I don't know. I guess uh, I feel great. First of all, I do feel great. I, I'm very happy with all that. Um, but you as a comedian know the grind that goes into just getting a podcast done every week. So I have the album. I'm ending a podcast, starting a new podcast. Um, I also produce. I have a show that's about to hit the air that I'm a co-EP on. Um, Justine and Heidi's. Oh, um, I didn't know you were on, you were uh, attached to that. They That's af- exciting. after what I did with Josh Adam Myers Comedy Jam show, like I took that to the production company and and then we helped. Se- I helped sell that to a series. I was a producer. I didn't on know that. that either. Yeah, and then <laughs> Justine anyway. and Heidi saw that and said, yeah. "We have something we think you could do it with." And I went and watched, and I was like, "This show is undeniable." And um, they really busted their ass, and E picked it up to a series. I heard um, about that. Yeah, That's so exciting. I'm a co-EP on that, and I have another three that I'm out with right now. That you're pitching around, or yeah. what do you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That are that have a that are doing well, and I think there's one, there's two that would actually all three of them could really crush. Um, but so I've been fortunate enough to do that. So I'm juggling that, and on top of it, I also have a, a full time uh, writing producing gig. Um, where I'm fortunate I get to work from home my own schedule, but I also have deadlines for that. And you do stand-up, and you're a single parent. People get on me about the single parent. Let me just explain this. First of all, my daughter's mother calls herself a single mom. So by default, I'm a single dad. Um, but yeah, I have my daughter, like I said, she was with me this morning all the time, 50% of the time, and I'm like heavily invested i love it i'm so yeah you have a parent you have a you're you're a loving dad Mm -hmm. you got sounds like 
I don't even remember how many jobs you listed. It's a, it's a lot. Several right jobs. Mm-hmm. You got your stand-up. You got your podcast. Mm-hmm. So how do you... And you said you don't sleep much. So I guess that's one answer to how, yeah. you, how you juggle it. <laughs> um, I don't know. You just got to find those... It's almost like the whole producing thing really helps because I do that in my life. When I take a trip, when I take my daughter back to Maryland, we're going for 10 days, I produce it. I sit down and I make a list. What do we need to wear during the day? So you're a planner. Yep. Yeah. Here's everything we need to wear for the day. Here's a couple extra You're things. not a wing it type of guy. I when it need when I need to, if that pr- op, sure. Look, if it you wing when itself, you have to wing it, right. but of course. No doubt. But. I love to wing it when I have to wing it. If it's but you're not like, thing, we're going to San Francisco. We don't have a place to stay yet, but we'll find it when we get there. That's not you. I'm more like, let's just get up there and roll the dice on hotels tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's evolved to. I yeah. used to be that way. I mean, I drove my car out here and, you know, I had no plan when I got here. I had no place to live or anything. In your maturity and your age and wisdom, mm-hmm. you've realized, I, I like to have a little game plan. Yeah, and also when you have a, a kid with you, you know, you don't want to. you don't want to be stuck with them, you know, somewhere with a kid that's not as miserable and stuff. So, um, yeah, I just... That's, you, I I schedule everything by yeah. that way. Do you have any hobbies? Do you have time for any hobbies? What do you do when you're when you have a day off and that rare time you you don't have your kid, you don't have any producing stuff, you don't have your podcast or a show that night. What's your what do you do? Here's what's crazy. I can't remember the last time that's happened and I know that's one of my flaws is one of my many flaws is I need to uh, take vacation because visiting and vacationing are two completely 100%. demand visiting is demanding as fuck even when you go do a weekend somewhere That's right. you think to yourself i'm gonna go you know i got the shows at night but everything else is gonna be chill it's no, not really like that not. yeah you at always all. end up fucking busy and yep. whatever um sundays right now i love to get up and watch football i love the ravens okay. big i went to a game while i was there um I like to go hike, get out in the sun. I really like to get out in the sun. Um, that's it, man. I don't really go to bars or anything. I feel like in our line of work, because I don't drink much, um, but I'm among those people and in those environments, so I feel like I don't need to go to places like that because I sort of hit my quota just doing what we do in yeah. clubs. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get that 100%. Um, it's also hard to talk to normal people. It is. It's hard to talk to normal people. And it's hard to talk to comedians, too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's just hard to talk to fucking people. Um, but the truth is, I'd love to just sit down and lay on the fucking couch and just take five, man. Just that's watch, turn the TV nothing. on. And, and also, there. that's another thing. I don't even watch TV that much anymore. I used to. And I'm not trying to sound like one of those people. But once you, again, you have a kid, you're like. Yeah, no, I get it. God damn. It's fucking eleven thirty. What the, I don't give a shit what's on ESPN tonight. You know, yeah. like now I just keep up with it. You know, online and stuff. So um, I'd love to just take a, a like a island vacation and just, do you have? I don't give a fuck. Do about you have hiking a, there, your mountain? <laughs> you know what I mean? I just want to go there and sleep. Do and you have a plan in your head of when a vacation could happen, or you're you're you have too much going on right now? You're like I don't even know when that's not gonna right happen. Now. And yeah. that's the thing. That's what I need to do. I need to, one of the things I need to do amongst all this other <laughs> shit that I'm doing is plan, plan a vacation time for myself. Yeah, plan a week. Where would you go if I give you? If I said, "Hey, congratulations, you won the unlicensed therapy vacation fund. Here's 10k. Where's your vacation going?" By the way, that's not happening. That's okay. Yeah, I got excited for a second. Yeah. Um. I mean, I guess I'd like to go someplace exotic I, that I've never been, but Thailand, maybe no, like a Turks and Caicos or uh, Jam- I would go to Jamaica. It's oh, probably, Jamaica! That's a short fucking flight. It's weed friendly. How far is the flight? How long is the flight? Well, I, what am I saying? You got to fly to Florida first, but then it's not far from there. Jamaica. Have you seen the movie Cocktail with Tom Cruise? I yeah. that movie makes me want to go to Jamaica and be a bartender <laughs> so bad. I don't know where the fuck that bar is. I don't know where that bar is, but when I finish watching Cocktail for the first time, I'm like, I think I know my future. I want to be a bartender. Isn't that's a movie that can glorify bartending? It's pretty that's cool. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, that and Coyote Ugly. What's? Oh yeah, yeah. The other way. That's yeah, the other. Yeah, that's the opposite. The ladies' if, cocktail. Yeah, <laughs> the lady. That would be a. F- I wonder if that was in their logline. <laughs> Coyote Ugly, the ladies' cocktail. Jamaica sounds pretty nice. 
I would I would like. I've to been do that. I've been one time and it was fantastic. I went for my brother's wedding and it was just I loved it. It's warm, crazy though because warm water. Oh, bath water. But you're driving through, you know, poverty to get to these fucking resorts. You know, it's kind of yeah, that's true. Kind of you know, if you're any kind of human being, it kind of just like oh, this is. And you just you, that's you why like, you just bring your phone and in the car you just put your head down, down the phone. At it the whole time. That's the one <laughs> beauty of the phone. You, you get to ignore life yeah, in the yeah. world outside you. What about are you single? I am. How's that? I mean I'd love to like I built my I, I plan my life in stages. So after I split with my daughter's mother, I was like, "All right, let's just get out from under all of that get health on track because I had some crazy health issues, and then that's sort of phase one. Then phase two was be responsible, get a life insurance policy, get a living will and trust, like all the things my dad be an adult didn't have, and he died at forty two. So who the fuck knows what's going to happen? Be be a responsible adult to a child, not yeah. just an adult, but care for somebody, look right. after somebody. Because what they what I was told is no matter what you get, if you don't do it this way. Um, it goes into probate court and shit, and it's in there for a couple of years. And by the time everybody takes their little fucking piece of the pie, you're you're not getting anywhere near what you were supposed to get. So I did all that, and that took a while. Started, you know, I'm I'm um, just by nature, we're we're our own business. You yeah, know, we're our own business. Yeah, I'm my escort. That's the hardest part for me is like no one's telling me. That was like I told you how I didn't do the podcast consistently for mm-hmm. the longest time. It's because, you know, I'm not getting a lot of feedback from the outside world and no one's saying, hey, Ari, you got to do this. You have to do that for yourself. That's hard. That's it. Because, you know, when you're in school, you have deadlines, you have things. When you have a job, your boss says these are your responsibilities. This is what you have to do. When it's just you as a comedian, as an artist, it's hard. That's a hard thing to it's hard to do because that's that's what we are. So it's always, you know, hustling and grinding always. Because the other thing is, I mean, I've been doing comedy 20 years. I'm, you know, loosely at first, but then really yeah. getting into it. But it's gone like that. If mm-hmm. I had 20 to right now, that's 65. I'm not going to be fucking doing, you know, clubs and shit like that when I'm 65. I just don't want to be doing that. If Yeah. So, and, and not only do you not want to be doing that, how many 65-year-old comedians get to do that? That's right. There's... So, Unfortunately, there's a short shelf life for being a, I'm b- a touring big, headliner. There, that's right. Yeah. And it just, if you're not going up, it dwindles year by yeah. year. There's only a handful of those people. Yeah. You know. Um, so, I'm, I like plan D. Fuck plan B and Z. Plan <laughs> D. So, I'm, you know, also I want to, yeah, I just want to chill on the way out. You know what I mean? I want to. I want to bother my daughter. I want to go fucking live like next door or somewhere above (laughs) the garage. You know, I'm like, I watch the kids. Yeah. And I want to go to Jamaica and shit like that. Yeah. That's what I want to do. I mean, there's got to be an end game. You know, I remember when the mega millions was something stupid, 200 million or whatever. It was a bunch of us comedians were all sitting around and everyone's saying like, would you quit? Would you quit? If you had $200 million right now, we had the same thing. There was a billion dollar one this year. No, I wouldn't. But I would say this. You're out of your mind. I wouldn't quit, but I would say this. I wouldn't be good, and it w- and I wouldn't be doing the same <laughs> thing. Right. Because <laughs> right. if someone's like, hey, do you want to drive to Temecula for a $50 bar show? I'd be like, fuck, no. Yeah. I'm not doing that. Well, I would still podcast because I just love that. You yeah. know, that's that would be my hobby. It yeah. would become yeah, not, exactly. Comedy would be a hobby. It would become. You ask yeah. me about a hobby. My goal is to turn this shit all <laughs> into a hobby. Yeah. Um, I would definitely podcast, and then I would also like in back friends. Like you got a great project or whatever. I had a billion dollars. I'd be like, yeah, let's go fucking make that movie. You right. know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. I would do that. So You'd I would become, stay in this world. You'd become but I more wouldn't be artist. grinding, fucking yeah. trying to put together no. a five for fucking late. Like, no, yeah, late I would night, not, not be standing in line at no. an open mic. I would not be. I wouldn't even if there if the show had was overbooked and they're like, yeah, you're up last year in an hour and a half. I'd be like. All right, I'll I'll do it next time. See ya. Yep, I'm out of here, guys. Yeah, I got going. a billion dollars. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to drive my tank home, guys. <laughs> you know, what car would you buy if you had a billion dollars? I, honestly, I'm 
you'll be disappointed. Like, if you want me to give you an exotic one, it would be something in the Ferrari world, probably. I know. Yeah, it's easy to say. Okay, but I just would like an old F one fifty, like a nice oh, that, one. Like when I, you say old, like what year? Like 80s? 60s. 60. Okay, or, or a that's 68, cool. No, sixty nine Bronco. That's a cool answer. But, but, but so an old classic yeah, American nothing car, like a hundred thousand dollar, you know, fucking. Maserati but still, those or, uh, a classic. Yeah, classic. Uh, Bronco something that's probably under is, twenty thousand dollars. But that's how you stay a billionaire, man. Yeah, it, yeah. If that's, that's what you want, I don't want to stay a billionaire. If I got a billion, I want to go crazy. Look, you pass that shit along somewhere down your line from now. If you hit a billion dollars, uh-huh. somewhere down your lineage, five generations later, there's going to be some fucking crack addict that ruins it all. Who, who knows? Who knows <laughs> yeah. how long that money's going to keep going? That's why you got to spend it. So be someone one else does it. Yeah, ruin the whole train. That's why you got to be the one to ruin the train. <laughs> You leave a little for your kids, <laughs> yeah. so they have a good life. <coughs> also, if you left, if you got a billion dollars right now, mm-hmm. and you left, let's just say even five hundred million dollars for your kids, that's that's. I don't think that's a healthy thing to do for someone. No, it's not. Yeah, it's you not. don't want to leave your kids that much money. You want to leave your kids enough money where they go, "Fuck yeah, that's awesome! I got, I just got a million dollars, but not enough where they can go, oh, I'm about to go party.'" Yeah, that's 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 death. Yeah. You're killing yeah. your you're killing your kids socially. I mean, I want I want my daughter to know what have a work ethic. Exactly. Know? I don't want her to grow up like I did. You know. Yeah. That's, you don't want her to grow up nuts. to be a DJ. No. Fuck. Yeah. That. No. No. <laughs> but you got to support everything. So if she was a doctor, like, you're the best guy. Dad, what I like to do is I like to take ecstasy <clears throat> with my friends and make beats. That's what I want to do. And I would say, look, the beat shit is good. Let me show you some friends that used to eat ecstasy all the time. You know what I'm saying? That's the Dad, cool thing about the drug world. This is pure Molly from the dark web. Let it's me not show that you bad. Some Miley Cyrus pictures. <laughs> Make the beats. So you're single. Do you still bust nuts? You mean solo nuts? Any kind of yeah. Do you <laughs> yeah. Bust? And yeah, I'm human. What are you still having sexual intercourse with women? Um, it happens every now and then. Yeah. How can, I mean, not are as you, often as I'd like. Right? Yeah. All. You and me both. At all. I'm, I mean, it's stupid how busy I am. Like, there are girls that... that like, do you have time? Are you dating? Do you have time to date no, anyone? I don't no. Have, I mean, no. I don't... I wish I had more time. It would be nice to really, like... But on top of the, the schedule I have, I also have a schedule with my daughter. So, it's like, here's the nights I... You know, don't have her. Yeah. And those are the nights. And on those nights, I podcast. I do stand up. You know what right. I mean? So those nights are usually taken. Yeah. And there's more. What I'm trying to say is as far as producing your schedule, there's more windows in the evening. Like I'm available from nine to midnight, you right. know, or we can go grab dinner or a drink or whatever after a show. Like that's the yeah sort of like pockets where I create space for social interaction mm-hmm. yeah and it's not much so that's why so any put for any for any woman to like come in and adapt yeah. to this schedule oh it's they got to be a little mentally ill probably a little little off which i yeah. like i like a little <laughs> off because we're off but also like they got to be off in the right way yeah but they'd have to pretty much put up with like you're never you like, could you please make one night a week for me? Like, I fucking can't. Like, Ma- yeah, I you're like, like maybe. I, I, I can't yeah, promise maybe that sometimes. at all, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to. Mm-hmm. You basically got to find a girl who also has a weird schedule. Yeah, like a flight attendant. Like, you're going to be out for three nights? Perfect. Right, right. You know? uh, you're leaving for a couple of weeks? All right. <coughs> um, well, I'll see you when you get back, you know, hopefully. I remember having this thought when I was in the hospital when my daughter was born, like, all the nurses were so cute. And I thought, I'm going to tell all my single dude friends that they should go eat at the hospital cafeteria. It's pretty solid food, Santa Monica. And the girls, are the nurses are really pretty and cute. You know, can I bring this up? Yeah. Are really um, pretty and cute. And maybe I should just take my own advice. Because they have demanding schedules, too. You know, nurses. They're always gone. Yeah, my dad was a doctor. Was he? And he never dated a nurse, but his schedule was weird. He was an emergency room doctor. Operation? 
Uh, I think minor operation. Did he ever operate on you? Did he ever have to do? He's given me stitches, so nothing, no real operation. He's done minor things. Because I've met. He's never done like surgery on me. I've never, luckily, knock on wood, I've never needed any major surgery. I can't remember who it was. Someone came on the craft feast whose dad was a surgeon and was like, "I'm, I'm not going to." Because if something goes wrong, you just, you know, so they put it to someone else. My dad would want to to save money. But I wouldn't <laughs> want him to. <laughs> like I want you to save my life. Yeah. Fuck the He'd money. He'd be bro. like, this. Sur- if we, he's like, if we have to get a surgeon for this, it's going to be a ten thousand dollars surgery. The insurance is going to go up. Let me just do it. I can do it. Yeah. And I'd be like, uh, no thanks, Dad. No. But he was also, you'd think having a doctor as a dad, he would be, maybe kind of a worry wart or like, you know, you're always, you're you got the I don't know. But he was the opposite. Of that like, if you were sick, he'd just. Be like, ah, you got the cold. Don't worry about it. Don't come. He would never. I never went in and got X-rays all the time. He right. was not an overdiagnosed doctor. He was yeah. very, you'll be fine. Chill out. You want to give some advice to other people? In what world? I got callers. Oh yeah, in. let's fucking give some advice let's to give, callers. Let's give some. How do you tell them to call in? You. They have to email me. I don't actually have a phone number, and the reason that I do emails because if you call in, it's the audio quality is really bad. So they're watching right now? Not this second. No, no. Oh, so it's not live. Oh, no. We're playing a pre-recorded gotcha, gotcha. call. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then they'll hear their gotcha. Yeah, so uh-huh. they they don't get to interact. So this is from Becky Quinn. I just feel like every time I make any kind of payment on my credit card, something more just comes on. and it, It's so stressful. It's like I can never make any headway in that area, and it just keeps me up at night I can't sleep and it's just it's really been bugging me and I I don't I don't know what to do about it okay um I mean that's pretty obvious right yeah my advice right away would be ask you you have no fucking debt yeah you're the expert on that yeah I mean it's pretty obvious you're like every time I pay a payment on my credit card something comes up a couple things uh first thing cut up your credit card because you clearly aren't responsible enough to have one stop using it stop using it because not only are you putting yourself in debt you're fucking up your credit which is going to hurt you down the line yeah so i mean straight up you don't want to spend money you don't have ever you if if you if it can all be avoided you avoid it so cut up your credit cards and then the second thing is if if let's say you're saying well i can't cut it up because i need it to live I need it. Well, then you, that means you're not making enough money. That means you're you're either working a part-time, not working enough hours, or your job isn't paying enough. So you clearly need to figure out another means of income, whether that be giving up whatever hobby you're doing, whatever else you're pursuing. Maybe you're you're creating an online store, and that's why you don't have a job, because you're working on your company. Well, it's not working out for you right now. So you got to put that on the back burner. you got to put less time into that, and you got to make more money get yourself out of this hole the other thing you can do that the one thing i've done through debt all these years and i'm i'm sure i'm i paid more than double of what i've owed with (laughs) stupid interest i had when i was in college and stuff but um my credit's high sevens low eights right now which is fucking good yeah and uh, i get the no interest card transfer the balance for one year and you're paying no interest that way the other card's clear and if some emergency does come up you can charge here, and this one's just a payment plan with no extra money. I think that's a good out. short-term fix. It's very short-term. Short, short-term. Um, yeah, I mean, you have me. I don't want to brag, but I have a credit card, and I just have my bank automatically set to pay it in full every month. So I pay no interest, and I still get those 2% back on my that's purchases. Right. But if you're not responsible enough to do that, if you're not responsible enough to not spend money you don't have, then a credit card isn't for everyone. Some people are like, you got to get a credit card. You got to start building your credit. If you're not, if you can't handle a credit card, if that piece of plastic in your pocket, you're going to spend that money you don't have, then you shouldn't have a credit card. Listen, you should to, use, listen to the guy with no. Debt. Use your debit card. Some There's nothing wrong with just having a debit card. That doesn't mean you're poor. It means you know yourself and that you can't handle a credit That's card. That's right. All right, let's go to the next call. This is from uh, Latanya Gilliard. I probably didn't say that right. Hello, my name oh is God. Latanya, oh. and I really need some advice on how to deal with a coworker. Now, we work with the public, and so when they come in, you know, we provide services and things, and 
sometimes we deal with people that are really obese. I mean, sometimes morbidly obese, um, but obese nonetheless. But my coworker says things about him like, you know, stop eating so many Whoppers, lady, or Josh, cut back on carbs and stuff like that. You know, push back from the table. It's like I'm she's like, reading. I look at her. Yeah, it really is. She is not like skinny a... herself. I mean, I am no spring chicken, but she's bigger than me. And she's not obese, but I look at her talking and she's got like three chins. And I'm like, really? How, how, how can I get her to be more considerate, you know, more compassionate? That's all. I just don't want to hurt her feelings either. So help. Where do you work? Why would you give that information <laughs> that you, you're at a place where you have all these obese Morbidly people? Morbidly <laughs> obese people come into your place. <laughs> do you work at a diabetes clinic? <laughs> what is, what is this place? You work at Overeaters Anonymous, a diet studio. Where is it that you, you here, work? You want you want the real truth. You want to get rid of her. You go to HR and you rat on her. That's it. <laughs> That's the only way you're gonna get her Whoa, to change. She ain't changing. Hey, no, <laughs> do not be a rat. Uh, I'm not saying you have to be a rat or you should be, but if you want to know how to really get rid of somebody. That's the fucking way. I to guess. Do it. Yeah, you could be like anonymous. Tip it. What you say? What did you say? The coworker? Did she say the coworker's name? No, your coworker. The coworker is uh whoever or you just make fun of them back you said you don't want to be mean sometimes you got to get mean. you go why are you making fun of these obese people you're fat as fuck shut your mouth tell it stand up for yourself stand up for these people be a hero be a hero we'll do one more let's do one more lars frugard oh lars frugard all right i feel like he's got an um hi out. my name is lars so i'm asking for some advice I have a crazy ex who keeps on basically haunting me. And I say haunting because it's everywhere I go, I feel like I run into her. Or even... Oh, I thought, did on, you think it was a homosexual at first? I didn't think anything. I was For some reason, listening. I was I didn't beginning right up front. I thought it was a homosexual, and then he said it was her. Well, I didn't prejudge. Just, I didn't, I'm, let's but you know what? He could be with a man now because it is an ex. Let's listen to it again. You tell me you don't think there's a homosexual I voice? I didn't Hi, know. my name is Lars. I'm it's asking for friend. some advice. That's a homosexual right there. Okay, well, well let's listen. I have a crazy ex who keeps on basically haunting me. And I say haunting because it's everywhere I go, I feel like I run into her. Man. Or even on Facebook, she's totally commenting all the time, emails, sending me emails about how much she's missing me. Um, I had to block her phone number because she kept on texting me and calling me and it's just become to a place where I feel almost unsafe and I don't know, maybe she's going to do something crazy. So can you help me? How do I set boundaries? Hmm. Well, I think you started already by blocking her from your phone. I would block, I would unfriend her on all social media and I would play the ignore game immediately and see how that goes after two months two months you think play ignore game as opposed to just messaging her hey leave me the fuck alone psycho it sounds like he's probably already done that with the amount of times she's reached out and he's had to block her now if he hasn't yeah you should just be straight up with her and say look you know it's over but after that that shit doesn't get through to people like that doesn't matter how many there that that's right. you've just presented a new challenge and like i'm gonna get you back you know like oh you think oh is that what you think cut them out you're saying yeah cut ignore them, them cut them loose just what about restraining order you think or not yet no i mean it doesn't sound like she's done anything um physical maybe stop yeah, it before she does and we don't know the content of those messages either so. or do you think double down maybe you know bring another girl around let her see that you're with someone else just get that jealousy up I get mean, her to hate you. That could then be, you, you could that could go two ways. That could be like that could be yes, the straw that breaks the camel's back. Like I'm out of here, or that could be like, oh, it's it's two against one. Oh, I fucking like the way this shit is. You know who knows how crazy she is. I mean, like she want to get in on threesome. No, I mean like she's gonna fucking fuck with two people now. Oh, like her and yeah, that. harass <laughs> and everything else. Yeah, I, think yeah, that I guess could that backfire. Have you ever time. had to deal with a crazy girlfriend that you had to block on everything? Not a girlfriend, but I had a girl in college. I took a, a astronomy class. It was nighttime at this at community college, and um, 
it was uh, in in a planetarium. at a small planetarium. When I'm yeah. generous with that, um, <laughs> but there was, you know, this is no cell phones, no anything. This is 1990. That's how already we're at 1992, three, like with that pocket. And um, the teacher said, "Look, you know, walk the ladies to their cars, guys. Make sure if you're going this way, walk with the ladies. Make sure they get you know this way. It's you know we're getting out probably like ten, nine, ten o'clock at this time." And um, I walked this one girl to her car. Because you're a gentleman. Mm-hmm. You're a and then guy. she wanted to give me a ride to mine. And, and I still regret to this day ever doing that. And I was like, no, it's okay. And she did. And she saw my license, everything. And then, but you, this was your first time meeting her? In class. Yeah. And she started you didn't know. showing up at my home, calling. You know, we all had our phone numbers on a phone sheet list in the class because yeah. we worked together. Like, I bet you don't do that shit now. Started calling me all the time, showing up, leaving notes on my car in the middle of the night. Like it got, and it just got crazy weird. It she got, stalked you. It like, was a stalker. It was a yeah. It was definitely a stalker. And she would call my home and and. Did um, you live with your parents? I live with my grandma. With your grandma. Time. So she'd call and your grandma would pick up. Yeah. Did would, your grandma think she was crazy or did your grandma yeah. like that sweet girl? I would let you my again? grandmother listen on the other line of the things <laughs> she'd say. Yeah, because she would tell me like. I have a nanny who only speaks Spanish. I'm married. I'm st- my husband and I are studying to be in the FBI. We go to College Park. This is an additional class we take. There's no way she was actually you. married in the FBI, though, right? She wasn't in the FBI. That's what her uh, studies. She hopefully was they didn't be- let her in. I don't they know, probably man. have like a mental illness. She test. said, "I speak Spanish. She doesn't speak any English." I'm like, "You don't know that." Um, <laughs> you know, just and yeah. So she showed up at my place. So one night. I did this. I did exactly what you're saying. I'm I'm so glad you talked about this. So um she told me she wanted to fuck me and and I was like I'm not interested, you know, and uh she said my husband and I own a like sub shop down in uh College Park, Maryland where University of Maryland is. And she's like um do you want me to bring you a cheesesteak? And I, I I was like sure. This is early. So she brings before you knew she was crazy. Before she was crazy, yeah. so she brings me a cheese, couple. I mean, a couple of us in class, yeah. you know. Um, but I'm included heavily, and I'm like, "This is a fucking good cheesesteak." So then she starts bringing a cheesesteak every oh. like once a week. Okay, wow. And um, one night, I'm telling my cousin all this. My cousin was cute, and uh, I said, "Look, dress cute, and just come and sit next to me, and act like we're dating." She doesn't know who the fuck you are. Yeah. So I'm doing what you say. Like, bring that other person around and make her hopefully mad and get the fuck out. Yeah. And this girl was big. This girl was six foot. She was a big girl. Wow. So I purposely come into class late. With your cousin. I sit. She sits here. I sit. There's one row between us. Or no, I'm sorry. I sit right behind her. And it's that auditorium, the the stadium seating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we come in late with my cousin. And she sees us right away. And I go to take my seat right behind her. My cousin my cousin thinks this is all a joke. She doesn't think Yeah, well, she's not I'm think, overdoing she know how it. Cra- you just didn't know how crazy this girl was. And this chick stood up in front of class and turned around and took that cheesesteak and threw it right into my chest. <laughs> <laughs> Hit me so hard with that motherfucking cheesesteak and stormed up, made a scene, slammed the doors, and everyone's turning. My that probably like, made you look oh my so God. cool. <laughs> my cousin's like, she's fucking crazy. Dude, that is so, awesome. I bet you every girl in that class wanted to fuck you after I that. I don't know about that, man. That shit was nuts. And then... She showed up at my house like that that weekend. Uh, that was like a Thursday, like that Friday night. I go downtown with my friend, and we're in Fells Point. We're drinking, and we come back, and we're we're, we're he's sleeping on the floor in my bedroom I'm in this tiny ass little row home, and I'm in a twin bed. And there's a you got to turn sideways to get in. You know what I mean? To get slide down and to get in the bed. And he's laying on the floor, and I'm telling him the story. And as I'm telling him the story, I see these headlights come across the wall, and, I'm, and they stop, and I'm like. I bet you it's her out there right now. We look out, and it is. And she's oh putting some God. shit on my windshield. Um, and what was it that she put It was on a windshield? note. And we were scared. Both of us were too scared to run out and get it because we didn't know if she'd yeah, be coming back. Totally. You know what I mean? I'm like, you go get it. He's like, you get it. <laughs> so I got it, and it just was like this whole, you know, I, you know. I forgive you. I want you back. That Yeah, like it was sort of getting there. Like, And also, like, I get it. I'm married. You know, I'm like, yeah. So – 
the next day she shows up at the front door and I tell my brother, I'm like, holy shit, that's the fucking chick. And I go hide down in the basement and I just hear like the Charlie Brown talking through the floor and, and then I don't hear anything. And I'm like, oh shit. Like I'm, I'm like something happened. I go upstairs and this fucking idiot is eating a cheesesteak. He's eating. He's like, it's a good fucking cheesesteak. I'm like, that thing could be poisonous. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> so I thought in my head, I was like, this idiot is hooking up with this crazy girl. Doesn't even tell me, hey, <laughs> yeah. she's gone. He's yeah. over there eating a the cheesesteak. No, he knew she was a lunatic. So, yeah. I mean, like a couple of months later, I'm with the girl I'm seeing at the time, and I go see a good friend of mine. We all know each other real well, but they go to College Park, and his girlfriend and I are talking, and I say, yeah, I had this fucking stalker in this astronomy class, and I just see her eyes start to get, and she starts hitting her, my buddy Jeff, like, listen, listen to what he's saying. And I go, what's going on? She's like, listen to this. And they're like, and I tell that story and they're like, oh my God. And the girl goes, you're the guy. I go, what? His fucking girlfriend at the time, this is a crazy small world story, was lab partners with her at a class in University of Maryland. And this girl had been telling her about this guy at Catonsville where I went the whole fucking time. Holy so shit. she just they were like you're the fucking guy. I was like through the cheesesteaks she's like oh my god like yeah she's my lab part she's been telling me all semester about the dude she wanted to have an affair with and it turns out to be like her boyfriend and I were like best friends you know that's wild it's nuts dude. I bet you her side of the story was just so different too. oh god yeah. it was probably Wait, I was like let me tell you how that shit went down <laughs> you know and I got a cousin to back it yeah yeah some girls are just uh guys too though i think guys are creepier and way scarier it's just more intimidating you know yeah i mean there's crazy people both sides but it's just like different crazy it's emotionally different over here yeah it's like guys are crazy because their penises and girls are crazy because of their brains I, I, and emotions and emotions yeah, yeah. i would say that's probably pretty fair yeah like mm-hmm. uh so different i don't i don't know if i'll ever fully understand women but maybe I'm, I have not done well so far. <laughs> yeah, I guess, <laughs> I guess either of us have. Well, check out your album on iTunes. Yeah, get a hold of yourself on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, Spotify, Pandora, mm-hmm. everywhere. Everywhere you want to get it, you can get it. Get a hold of yourself by Ryan Sickler. Thanks for becoming for coming on my podcast. Thanks for becoming and letting me come on yeah, your podcast. Thanks man. for coming on my podcast. Thanks for having me.